Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Great to be hanging out with you again, Akuo. If you've hung out with us at all this year, you know that the word that God spoke to us to live out this year is the word ready. So y'all, we're doing that. We are doing our best to be ready for what God is showing all of us to walk through. And us learning about that this year has brought us to this current sermon series that we are in the middle of called Healer. Now, in this series, we're taking a look at the miraculous healings that Jesus performed as recorded by his friend and disciple, Matthew. As we learn more about the ways Jesus healed people, we can take a look at ourselves and see how we have been healed by Jesus in our own lives, how we can, how we continue to strive to get healed, and how we are finally realizing, some of us, that we need healing now. And then from there, we can turn and show how we have been changed to others in our lives. We can show them how Jesus has changed us because there isn't anything much better to show the world how Jesus works than by showing the way our own lives have gotten better because of him. And sometimes it's showing people where we used to live. I know one thing, one of the things I was thinking about was one of the jobs I carried while I was in college. Like most of the people that grew up in San Antonio, I've worked at HEB. Now, if you're like, oh, I didn't work at HEB, well, then there's a good chance like you worked at Bill Miller's or Whataburger. One of those three. That's like the big three in high school and college, right? Like, I feel like just about everyone I know can claim at least one of those places as their former employer. Now, anyways, I was in college and I got a job working in HEB as a cashier. I was like way out there in the, in the Leon Springs area. Now, the only problem was that it was a newer store and it was fully staffed. So it was hard to catch like a lot of shifts early on. Now, to my luck, a position opened up at the store that nobody wanted. Maintenance. I mean, here's the deal. It, it sounds like a really cush job, right? You just walk around and fix stuff, but really maintenance was the janitor and no one wanted to work that position. No one wanted to pick up any hours cleaning up after other people. So one day my boss offered me a chance to work there, you know, just for like a week or two, just until they found somebody to fill the position. Well, that week or two turned into about four months. You know, I gotta tell you, I was uncomfortable. I would have to clean out the bathrooms in the store every few hours and I just need to let you know that people do not care about the condition that they leave an H-E-B bathroom once they are finished. I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Now what made it worse was that I was trained as a cashier. So I would be out like cleaning stuff and you know, clean up on aisle four and all that. And I'd be out there working and they'd be like, hey honey, can you come up here? Uh, it's getting busy and, and we need you to go jump on a, a register. Yeah, just leave that, you could do that in a little bit. Come and help us. They were getting the best of both worlds out of me without paying me like I was an extra skilled person. Here's the deal though. Once a coveted job in the store was interviewing, a job in the photo lab. Now, for those of you that don't remember, a photo lab is where you used to take your film or disposable cameras for someone to develop that film and print your pictures for you all within an hour. That was before like you just had everything on your phone. Well, guess who landed a job in the cushiest place in the whole store? your boy, Mr. Cashier Janitor. They saw that I was willing to be uncomfortable for the greater good of the people on my team. Because of that, they knew I'd be able to work in the photo lab 
without any problems. Now, have you ever felt a discomfort like this? Were you ever hired to do one job, but then when you got there, you learned you actually had to do something else? That's This HUB job isn't the only time that something like that's happened. Have you ever signed up for a class and ended up being something super different than what you thought it was gonna be? Or have you ever gone out on a date and it just fell flat early on in the date and then you had to spend like the rest of the evening, the rest of that dinner with a person you just weren't feeling it with? Well, discomfort is something that we all have to deal with in some level. And it doesn't just apply to us here and now. We actually see some discomfort happening with the disciples that were following Jesus, with the folks that were around Jesus during his ministry. Now, in the first half of what we're about to read, it's probably a little bit more than discomfort. It's really a lack of comfort at a totally different level. Let's see how Jesus' friend in Matthew recorded these scenes of Jesus' life. He says, When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. So here we find a lot of discomfort, to say the least. First, we see Jesus going with his friend and disciple Peter over to Peter's house, which really quick. Imagine the excitement and joy it must have been for Peter to bring Jesus into his house. Think about how fired up Peter would have been to share his family with Jesus. And then when they walk in the door, they're like, hey, where, where's my mother-in-law at? Where's, where's your mom at, honey? And she's just like laying there and all sick. And by the way, yeah, we did read that correctly. Peter, the disciple, was married. So you see Peter's mother-in-law sick in bed with a high fever, living in discomfort. But Jesus, like we've seen over the last few weeks, he reaches out and touches her. Once again, this is someone that would have made a Jewish, Jewish person ceremonially unclean. Not only that, this is Jesus reaching out to someone that would have been valued at a low level in their culture. The Pharisees, the ones that socially and politically led the temple, they considered lepers, Gentile, and women to be outcasts. But Jesus showed mercy to them all. By healing a leper who was a social outcast, a Gentile, and finally a woman, Jesus is showing his grace to folks that the Jewish people excluded and thought of as unimportant. Now, what is also interesting detail that Matthew included was that the mother-in-law got up and made a meal for Jesus. Now, I don't think that this was like included to show that Jesus was just like really wanted someone to make him lunch. That's not it at all. I think that it, this is Matthew explaining the fullness of Jesus' healing. So let me ask you this. When you are sick with a fever, right? Think about that. When the fever is gone and you're healthy again, how long does it take for you before you're back to like really full strength? At least like a day. Normally, you got to get your feet back under you before you're ready to prepare a full meal for people, right? And, and this isn't a time where you just go to HEB and pop something in the oven or the microwave. Preparing a meal during Jesus' time was making something completely from scratch. The meal was a ton of work that Peter's mother-in-law put in. So what Matthew is showing here is that Jesus didn't just take the fever and sickness away which would have been nice on its own, but he did that and restored her back to full health. He brought her back to 100%. He didn't make her not sick anymore. And that's a huge difference because Jesus came to heal the sick, not just take the sickness away. Physically, Jesus is showing that not only can he take away the discomfort, but he can put you in a better place. But Jesus isn't done with healing and taking away discomfort. Let's read what happens next. 
Here's what Matthew recorded. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Now, this is a slightly different level of discomfort here. I don't imagine being demon-possessed is much worse than a fever, but still a lack of comfort for sure. And really, this was so much deeper. This was about the spiritual side. This little recap that Matthew threw in there for the rest of their night highlighted the other part of Jesus' healing abilities. You see, up to this point, we'd only seen Jesus healing physical ailments. This is the first time that we see Jesus having authority over spiritual health. This is when we see that Jesus has authority over demons, that Jesus has authority even over the enemy. And really what we are seeing is some good old-fashioned foreshadowing. Matthew is helping us prepare for the, to see the work that will someday be done on the cross. Matthew is pointing to the work that Jesus will accomplish when he lays his life down for us later on in his recordings. Because when Jesus makes that sacrifice of his life, remember, nobody took it from him. It was a sacrifice. When Jesus does that, he takes on all of our sin. He takes on all of our spiritual unhealth. He takes on all the discomfort that we have to offer. So this is just a preview of what Jesus will do on the cross later in his ministry. Now, to sum this up, Jesus healed people and controlled nature, physical things, to show that he was the Messiah, the Son of God. And people needed to believe that Jesus was the Messiah before they could believe that he was God. Jesus' disciples needed to learn this so they could rely on his authority in their future ministries. That's what's been going on here. So let's continue in our reading to see what happens next with Jesus. Matthew writes, When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side of the lake. Then one of the teachers of the religious law said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. So here, after doing all the healing in the physical and spiritual realm, Jesus sees a crowd. I mean, they've started to gather throughout the night and Jesus knows that he needs to go. They got to get before it gets any bigger. Now, remember, Jesus wanted to make sure that people weren't just seeing or weren't just there to see his miracles. He wanted to make sure that they weren't only amazed by how he could heal. He wanted them to see him as the Messiah, the Son of God, the one that would save him. So him and his boys get out of there. Now, as they are leaving, there's a teacher or a scribe that yells out to Jesus. Now, quick, quick aside, this guy would be an expert in the Jewish law of Moses. This is someone that could draw up contracts around this law. Normally, each town would have at least one scribe or one teacher like this. Now, with that being said, this person may have viewed following Jesus around in a very different way than what they were used to in their own spiritual life. You see, scribes did this for a living. They were essentially holy lawyers for hire. And with that, they probably got paid well and lived a life of incredible comfort compared to the other people that lived in their community. So this person's expectation, this teacher, this scribe's expectation of following Jesus may have been something along those lines. It could have been that part of the reason he made such a public display of his following may have been to let everybody know who to reach out when they needed a contact, a contract written up in the law of Jesus. This scribe may have been after fame and comfort, live, comfortable living that he thought he could get by following Jesus. This may be why Jesus set him straight. 
You see, Jesus was always on the go from one place to another because of his ministry. I mean, we see it right here. Jesus has to go because his healing ministry attracted crowds that placed additional demands on him. Because of this, Jesus had no regular home as most people did, but he traveled all throughout the region. The scribe, this teacher, needed to understand this if he wanted to keep up with Jesus. And Jesus knew that he wasn't ready for it. And I'm pretty sure he didn't follow Jesus because we never hear anything else about him. Now let's continue on and see what is said immediately after this teacher says something, after the scribe yells out at Jesus. Here's what happens. Another of his disciples said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me now. Let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Right before this, Jesus tells someone that you're going to live a life, you're not going to live a life of comfort and fame and luxury if you follow him. Then immediately after that, dude's like, can I bury my dad? And Jesus is like, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. That's cold right there, right? Well, at least it seems like it. The understanding of this by many theologians is that this disciple's dad hadn't died yet. So what this man is really asking is if he can go home, spend the final days together with his dad, and then whenever he dies, whenever they might be, and then bury him, and then he would come back to Jesus. The way they figured that out is because in their culture, there wasn't a lot of time that would go by between when someone died and when they got buried. You see, there was no technology like they have today to deal with the dead. Normally, they buried people within 24 hours of the death. Because of that reason, most scholars find it very hard to believe that this man left his family hours before or after his dad died to go see Jesus healing. Because as soon as the dad would have died, the family, more than likely this man, who is the oldest son, which we think is this guy, right? They would have had to plan the arrangements for their father. And because of all that, it's pretty safe to say what's really happening is this guy is saying, hey, Jesus, I got some stuff to do. Uh, whenever I finish that up at some point, can I come follow you? I'll, I'll, I'll catch up to you. So that's why Jesus is telling him, no. You're either on board now or you aren't. Now, you know what's really funny with this story? Is do you know who this guy ended up being? Yeah, no one does. Because he was never mentioned again. He missed his chance. Here's the deal. When it comes to following Jesus, we see this in both stories. When it comes to following Jesus, you got to expect to be uncomfortable to some level. If you think following Jesus is going to be sunshine and lollipops all the time, you're wrong. Now, when we are following Jesus and we are placed in a difficult or uncomfortable situation, we get to lean on him for direction. We get to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We get to hear directions from the Father. We aren't left on our own, but that doesn't mean comfort all the time. And y'all, I get it. We are predisposed to avoid things that aren't comfortable. Our brains work in a way that pushes us away from things that are bad and uncomfort and towards comfort. But God wants something more for us than total comfort. And y'all, I understand that better than most. I've told y'all these stories before. Like, I, I've said it before. I'll, I'll run you through it. I was working in TV and potentially on my way to accomplishing my dream of becoming a sports center anchor. Then God called me to quit my job. From there, I ended up at City Trial, working as a producer and putting videos together. Then years after that, God called me to, to go back to school, uh, to go to seminary, to become a pastor. 
And then after that, it was time to plant the church. And God told me, he said, go knock on a door and ask for that building at Redeemer Lutheran. Right? You show me that picture. And for me, there are few things more uncomfortable than asking something like that from somebody. Then the pandemic hit. And in the midst of that, City Tribe was telling us to stay. My pastor was like, you stay here. We'll take care of you. We'll keep you safe. We'll make you comfortable. You don't have to go out there yet. But I talked to God about it. And he asked me, do you trust my timing? So we left. We started Akuo Church in July of 2020, completely online. And now we are here. And to be honest, I'm still asking for comfort. When we do this right now, there's, there's not an air conditioner on in here right now. I'm sweating right now. That every Sunday I show up to the billion to deal with that same heat. Y'all, I ask for comfort. But I know that from discomfort will come something greater. God's always done that. It's part of how he works, especially with me. And I understand this, y'all. We're looking for comfort. We're looking for the easy stuff to do. But we aren't called to do easy. We aren't called to do things that aren't complicated. We aren't called to do things inside the box. Y'all, we are called to do great things. We are called to do things beyond our means. We are called to change the world, to make it better than when we got here. And that won't happen if you keep on putting it off. That won't happen if you are always comfortable. That won't happen easily. And the reason for that, the reason that we are called to the discomfort and the difficult is because anyone can do the comfortable things. Anyone can do the easy stuff. God wants us to step in to the hard stuff. Because when it comes through, when we do that hard thing, when we do that crazy thing, and then it works out, people will be amazed. They'll be like, oh man, how did you do that? That's so impressive. That's so crazy. That's awesome. And we will respond with, God was the one that actually did it. I just showed up. And then I watched him go to work. Y'all, if you stay in that little zone of comfortable, you'll stay comfortable. It'll be easy. And really, to be honest, the comfort won't be as comfortable as you hope. Either way, it'll never be great. It'll never be what God has called you to. And to be honest, you're ready for so much more than comfort. The fact that you are even hearing this right now and that you consider yourself any part of the Akuo community shows that you are ready for this. One thing I know about the Akuo community is that we thrive in discomfort. In most places, when things get hard, when the temperature turns up, people bail. But here at Akuo, when the going gets tough, when the temperature turns up, we listen. We bear down and we follow Jesus in the best way possible. And I just want you to know that I'm so grateful for you. I'm grateful for our team. I'm grateful for our community. I'm grateful for the way God keeps on showing up here. You guys are showing the world that a community can exist and even thrive when facing discomfort, when we're outside, when we're in a, in a pavilion, when it's hot, when things are crazy, we can still keep on showing up. And we all know it's not because we're masterfully skilled. It's because we listen. 
And for some of us, the first step towards hearing from the Lord and having him walk us through the discomforts of this world is having a relationship with Jesus. Now to receive this relationship and leadership from Jesus, all you need to do is simply believe. It's not about getting your behavior right or being more holy. It's just by simply believing. So if you want to declare or redeclare that belief today, I can help you do that. You just have to have a conversation between you and Jesus that we would call a prayer. And right now, to help you out in this potentially uncomfortable situation, I'm going to ask all of the Akuo community to pray along with you. Because here at Akuo, no one ever has to pray alone. You always have a community praying along with you. So if you want to declare your faith to Jesus today, just say something like this between you and him. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. So what I want to do is I want us to do the thing that makes us successful. Let's listen to God. I want you to have a little bit of time to listen to what God is saying in your life. So let's take a moment to ask God a question and listen for an answer. Let's make ourselves available to him right now because the best ability that we can have when coming and dealing with God is availability. So right now, I just want you to imagine Jesus in front of you and just ask him a question and then wait for an answer. Now, if you don't get anything that's okay, just keep going back. Okay, so for our listening moment, I just want you to imagine Jesus in front of you and ask him this question. Just say, Jesus, what discomfort have you made me ready to handle. We'll take a few minutes to ask and listen, and then I'll come back to finish in prayer.
Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Jesus, thank you for the way that you continue to speak to us. Lord, we ask you right now that you show us that in our discomfort, you have something greater lined up for us on the other side. Jesus, we pray that you strengthen us to handle the discomfort. We pray that your voice is louder than ever while we deal with the difficult. Jesus, we pray that you continue to come through for us. Jesus, we aren't asking you to make our lives easier. We're asking you to be tangible. We want to see you, feel you, hear you better than ever. Thank you, Jesus, for how you're going to move in our lives. We love you. And we pray all these things in your holy and mighty and wonderful loving name. Amen. Now, before we go, let me share a few things that we have going on around our community. Well, we have, we'll have community groups kicking off in just a few weeks, but before we get there, we need some folks to lead these groups. And leading a group can sound like it's a lot, but here's the deal. We want you to be leading what you love. It could be basketball, it could be running, it could be watching movies, Mario Kart, baking, whatever. We want you to do it. This could be part of you discovering your purpose. This could be part of you stepping into something uncomfortable. And you know what? We will help you lead what you love. We'll, we'll support you and we'll help lend leadership to what you're doing. Now, to help you out with all this group leader training, the last one is today. So if you're watching first thing in the morning, you can come today, right after church at 11.45. Now, this meeting is not a commitment to start a group. This could just be a meeting if you're curious in being a group leader. Now, if you are interested in attending one of these groups, you can take a look at the QR code, scan it on the screen, just let us know that you're coming. Now, next week, we're gonna give you the opportunity to meet the leaders of these community groups, really, to meet all the community groups. Now, these leaders will have some time and space to meet with everyone at church next Sunday after church. So if you are looking to join one of these groups, this would be a great time for you to stop by the pavilion. Remember, joining a group and being part of a community that will walk you, walk with you through life could be one of the best things that you do while you're here at Akuo. Now, the last thing I want to mention is the way we are generous here at Akuo. Y'all, part of the nature of Jesus uh, that we have learned, that we have been leaning into, is generosity. And I want you to know that here at Akuo, for sure, me as an individual and our organization, we practice that. We practice that with our time. We practice that with our resources. So I want you to know that if you do give here at Akuo, that you're not giving to Akuo, but really you're giving to your community through Akuo. Whether it's through helping out uh, new churches get started and, or, or whether it might be helping out families that are having trouble making rent uh, or, or just keeping lights on or, or having food in their bellies for, for them and their kids, we're helping out. And so I want you to know that one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akuo Church is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering in the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be where you start at until you figure out how much and, and what you're supposed to be giving when you hear from the Lord. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family, and if that's you, that's okay. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out because we wanna be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akua.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us 
at help at akua.church. You can also call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akua.church. Then when you get there, you follow the instructions on the screen and just do it like that. We also have our text to give option for that. All you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-L in the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we will also have a PO box available for you if you'd like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know, man, I, I, I so love you. And I so appreciate each and every one of you. And however way that you participate, whether you've been with us since the very beginning, whether you watched exclusively online, you show up like once or twice uh, a month or once a quarter or whatever. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing here at Akuo Church. Again, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you living in the discomfort with us. Now, before we go, let me just pray over you. Jesus, I, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for how you're moving. I thank you for how you love us. I thank you for just everything. Jesus, right now I pray that as people turn off this recording, they, they put away their phones, turn off their TVs, uh, get out of the car, I pray that you would be speaking to them this week. I pray that they would be able to not look at their discomfort that they're dealing with in their lives as, uh, as defeat, but rather as an opportunity to see you go to work. Jesus, I pray that you would just give them the strength and the patience to deal with everything that they're going through right now. And I pray that you would show them the exact right direction to go. And then after they're done, you would remind them to give you glory, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.